Welcome to Critical Blues Reviews. I am your host, Critical. What's the word, everyone? And first, before we begin, I want to say, make me last by giving listener support for the podcast. That's basically just giving donations, letting me know that, hey, I am listening to you and we want more from you. So we would, I would really appreciate that. That would be awesome if I can get some listener support from my people out there for this podcast. And uh, so we're going to begin with the movie Napoli Ever After. Uh, you can check this out on Netflix. It's based off the best, based off the best-selling novel. Um, it's actually uh, directed by Haifa Al-Misur. Hopefully I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Uh, she's a Saudi Arabian director for the film Wajda and Mary Shelley. So if you are a fan of Napoli Ever After, you can check out those films that she also directed. And uh, just for the log line of synopsis, this story is about a woman named Violet Jones who strives for perfection and is waiting on a proposal from her boyfriend. When her response isn't met, she goes through a journey of finding herself and also understanding the importance of her hair and what she can control. Because the character is used to also not being able to, you know, actually she's used to always controlling things. That's, you know, that's her thing. But again, uh, we have uh, Violet. She's played by Sanai Lathan. You remember her. Everybody loved her in Love and Basketball. I wasn't a big fan of Love and Basketball. I liked her her story. I wasn't I wasn't a fan of Omar Epps' story. You know that kind of lacked to me. But I only I also saw it when I was young when it first came out. So I kind of vaguely remember it. But anyway, uh, you got uh, Alien vs Predator. She was also in Blade. She played Blade's fine ass mother. And also, she's the woman that bit Beyonce on the shoulder. Yes, yes, that is Sanai Lathan. And you have Clint, Clint, played by Ricky Whittle. If you've seen the TV show American Gods, if you played a video game NBA 2K19, he's actually a character on there, uh, a guy who played in the game in the NBA but went down to the D-League, if you're an NBA 2K fan, 19 fan. And also, he was in Austin Land. If you're familiar with that, it might be a British show. I'm not sure. You also have Will, played by Lyric Bent. You've seen him in the Tyler Perry movie, Acrimony. The Spike Lee TV show, She's Gotta Have It. And also, he's in The Book of Negroes. And he's in Saw 2 three, four, through 4. So he's in Saw 2, 3, and 4. You have uh, Paulette, played by Lynn Whitfield. You remember her from her uh, iconic... Or a scary role if you're a male in A Thin Line Between Love and Hate. That made me look at her funny because, you know, you have someone that vindictive is really scary. And uh, she, you probably remember from Eve's Bayou, which was a pretty, pretty um, interesting film. Uh, I should say very thought provoking. It, it did generate conversation. But yeah, that was Eve Bayou. And also the Josephine Baker story. I remember that back in the day when I was uh, coming up. Um, also, you have Richard, played by Ernie Hudson. And, uh, yeah, you remember him from Ghostbusters 1 and 2, St. Elsewhere, and Oz. I was a big fan of Oz growing up. And also, and actually, Oz, <laughs> Oz made me not want to get in trouble. You know, I would, you know, that, that, Oz and my mother kept me from 
seen any type of jail time. <laughs> but uh, and you also have Zoe. Um, she's an up and coming actress, a young girl uh, named by the name of Daria Johns. You'll see her on the show Rail with Little Rail, that Little Rail TV show, and the animator. So she's up and coming. And uh, shout out to my niece Sharia because that's who Zoe uh, reminded me of. Like you know, it, she got a favorite her, but also she was bad just like her. So shout out to my niece. <laughs> but anyway, uh, back to the story at hand. Um, this film is inspiring to Black women. But I don't think it's not limited. I don't think it's just limited to black women. I think uh, other women from different races can gain insight from this film, men as well. And I did get that the uh, misguided mother or parent uh, can instill negative emotions. And with this film, it brought insecurity to her hair. And also, I think she was having anxiety or it gave her anxiety about her hair because of the emphasis placed on her hair. Now, and her mother did most of, you know, the emphasis placed on her hair. Like, so she basically got her complex because of her mom's. And uh, her hair uh, was the start of her day. It was her mood. She attaches her emotions to her hair. For example, when she's making love, uh, stating how she feels and etc. Like it, it had a lot to do with her hair, and that, and that's you know like that was the starting character, and also how the movie was broken down. It was broken down into hair stages. Like you had like a straightened hair stage, and you had that story. You had the weave stage, the blonde stage, the new growth, and the Napoli stage. That was the last stage. And uh, back to women dealing with their hair with their moods and you know like i was saying how you know when making love or stating how they feel it had a lot to do with their hair i've i've actually dated somebody that used to go to sleep with a bonnet every night and that used to that you know it was it it, it wasn't fun you know because i guess she had her hair straightened this is back you know my younger days but i remember she always used to wear this bonnet and I was just like, oh, can you please take it off? But, you know, it was just in my head. I wouldn't, you know, that's if she wants to wear a bonnet at night to keep her hair straight and longing silky for the next day, then fine. But, yeah, it was it was a little of a blow. But um, I did get a chance to understand the sacrifices women go through, um, not only with their hair, but just, you know, it it with this mood, with this film, because this things I never really thought about. I, you know, I'm a male, so it's things I don't have to worry about. But, you know, you had certain instances where uh, even shoes like high heel shoes uh, where you had Violet injuring the back of her heel, you know, and uh, just just to wear these expensive high heel shoes. Now, I did have mixed feelings just about certain things, just nitpicking a little bit on the film. Uh, There was a scene where the dog took a leap, but it made it seem like the dog actually took a dump it was weird like so the dog actually you know urinated and so she scooped it up like it was feces i thought that was a little weird maybe maybe y'all could check that out and tell me maybe i I saw it wrong i I looked at it several times i said no that dog is that dog is pissing and she scooped it up like it was (laughs) like it was feces so that part was a little weird for me and uh it was a scene with will um will actually was um zoe's father 
in the film. I, you know, but you, you check it out when you see it. But uh, Will, it was weird. Uh, he was upset with Violet uh, because, you know, of the mother. And I didn't understand why he was upset with Violet. You know, like, I didn't understand why he took it out on her. That was a little weird for me. But y'all can check that out. Um, uh, also, too, uh, it was just, um, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe he felt that she didn't intervene enough. I, I didn't get what his attitude toward Violet was about. Um, also, black women aren't jumping in pools. I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I just that that was a cool scene and the message in that was the freedom i think that was dope and that was a good message because that's something that black women just won't do just like running just jump in the pool like you know you have some some women that swim but you have to prepare a lot of black women got to get prepared to get in that pool they ain't gonna just jump in on the whim so um i did notice uh that I thought that that was funny, but I get the freedom of it. You know what I mean? That would be dope, you know, to not have to prepare. If you wanted to jump in the pool, you'll just jump in the pool. You'll check out what I'm talking about. I know some of you are confused, but I don't want to just spoil anything. And a lot of the stuff I'm calling out is kind of, you know, like, um, you know, minor things, nothing, nothing serious, nothing that I'm spoiling, not giving the story away too tough. And, um, and, and I do wish that, you know, black men, women were, free from their mental shackles such as you know the hair and other things other obstacles that might mentally hold certain women back or might slow them up a little bit you know what i mean so um i do wish for those shackles to be free and uh i did see it was a certain part in the film i don't want to say where when but it was a certain part in the film i felt like it had a i don't need a man message and at certain points i'm trying to think like I don't know like you get situations i know it was based off a book and i don't know if that message was in the book but um i don't know you just had certain situations where you you get that where you have either, either women black women telling each other you don't need no man i don't need no man and then you have other women from other races telling black women hey you don't need no man why they got a ring on their finger you know what i mean so yeah that's that's interesting when you have you know that scenario um but yeah but on the flip side it did show the release of the restraints especially if that man is the restraint then just like the hair uh like the hair like her hair was the restraint and it also controlled the choices so therefore you want to be free from that you know and that's what the movie was about being free from those those restraints that's holding you back from doing what you're doing so i get that aspect of it so it's double bladed i definitely wanted to get both sides of that you know not just that you know i don't need no man and you know whatever the case may be i do feel some type of way about that only black women have to uh recite that mantra but um but at, at the same time with the story i feel like you know that male is a restraint you know or that situation your hair whatever it may be is a restraint then you know therefore you're gonna have to uh you know keep it moving you're gonna have to let cut that hair so to speak you know so um yeah and also too there are a lot of uh women who make sacrifices for their hair uh, i mean like i mean more serious sacrifices like you have uh different asian shops you know that sell weaves and things of that, of that nature where they're actually 
uh, beating up black women and, you know, like a lot of situations where you have, you know, male uh, shop owners, Asian shop owners punching black women in their faces. And but yet what will happen is they'll do a half off sale on the items and it'll be a long line of black women waiting to get those items half off and will throw away their self-respect for that. You know, and it's like, and that's, and that's, and that's sad. You know, it was a situation, I believe it was in New York, where you had these guys that was out there protesting for the women. Like, hey, you know, ladies, sisters, don't go in the shop. Like, they're abusing y'all. And one, like, girl stepped out of line, you know, hood rat status. and was just like, yo, you know, trying to yell at them. You know, like, she was, you know, yapping at them. And she, I don't think she knew what she was even arguing about. But she was just yapping and, you know, just being extra and extra loud, like confronting them, like she's going to fight them, you know, just, you know, the head and hand movement and all that stuff. But yet, you know, you're doing all of that to get half off on the shop because they punch black women in the face because they have no respect for those black women. So, you know, like you have situations like those that are, you know, a little uncomfortable and, you know, to see sisters actually throw away their self-respect for their dignity for and so I, you know, I wish, you know, a lot of, you know, sisters wake up and we still need more brothers out there to kind of, you know, hey, you know, support sisters that even, you know, even those sisters might be lost, but there are other sisters out there that it, that aren't. And I feel like my brothers need to stand up for those sisters and let them know, like, hey, you know, we're here for you. No man from any shop, from any race, whatever race is going to put their hands on you and disrespect you. You know, I felt like, you know, brothers need to stand up on that. And um, but um, for uh, my my rating system, I give this a seven because of the messaging. I feel like it was a lot of messages in here that were positive. I did. You know, it was, you know, like that last message I kind of felt, you know, but other than that, a lot of the most of the messages were positive for young women well, girls, young women and women. And uh I almost wanted to give it a six, six and a half because it just didn't have a real conflict. There was nothing like I didn't really feel the character was in danger of anything. You know what I mean? I, you know, not to say it has to be a violent type movie or anything like that. No, what I'm talking about, it didn't feel like anything was really at stake, you know? And so like in how it kind of was left, I didn't feel like anything was really gained, but you know, Hey, you know, to each his own, I gave it a seven uh, I still think it's good. Uh, I think daughters, mothers, grandmothers, aunts, godmothers, you know, nieces, aunts, everybody should really, you know, check those, check the film out. And, you know, it, it, it might not be the, the highlight, you know, of all films or anything like that. But I definitely think it was a lot of messaging in there and a lot of positive messaging for women and just certain things. And it gives, you know, male, like I said before, it gives males insight of what women have to go through, you know? So it was cool. It was cool. I um, didn't have any complaints about it. It was great. It was great acting. I liked the acting. I think the acting was really, was what really helped out the movie. They hired great actors to hold down those roles uh definitely liked um uh what's his name i can't think of his name right now uh the guy that played on ghostbusters uh ernie ernie hudson i like ernie hudson's character um you know it it was real cool like him 
and Lynn Winfield, you know, it was it was somewhat serious, but it had, you know, its little comedic side, a light side, I should say. But yeah, but yeah, I give it a seven. And uh, yeah, man. And you don't forget, you know, make me last by giving listener support for this podcast. And we're going to have more film reviews coming up soon. And thank you for the support, y'all. And thank you for checking me out. All right. Now we're going to keep it rocking and rolling. All right. One.